0: Have you heard? I now have a Patreon account where you can sign up to support my work and get some pretty awesome perks to help you realize your own potential. Perks include things like handwritten notes sent via snail mail, monthly oracle card readings for your business, and even exclusive monthly intuitive business coaching sessions, Check it out at patreon.com slash her entrepreneurial spirit.
1: Rather than like the onion peel analogy, I love the one of you're a light bulb and you're born beautiful and brilliant and shining and life and experience and beliefs and challenges paint on some layers. And over time, you can start to peel those layers back. And that's when you start to see glimmers of that
0: true light shining back through. Hello and welcome to Her Entrepreneurial Spirit. I'm your host, Monique Glover. This is a place for spiritual entrepreneurs to connect and share their voices. Join me as I talk with women who are harnessing the power of intuition, creativity, and trust in order to build authentic and purpose-driven businesses. It's time to lean into your own light, as you let these stories encourage you to explore the unlimited potential of your entrepreneurial spirit. Dr. Amy Robinson has a vision to change the world. No small feat. She believes one person alone does not change the world, but one powerful idea, a vision that others can join, that carries the possibility to change everything. As a chiropractor and public speaker, Amy helps people believe in what is possible for them, reconnecting them to their own inherent ability to function, heal, grow, and evolve, and realizing the amazing power they have within for abundant health and vitality. Let me tell you a bit about Amy. She is honestly one of the most unconditional loving and accepting people I know in my life. And I met her about six years ago when I first moved to Nova Scotia. At the time, she was giving a talk at a local parenting shop, and I connected with her right away, but I was honestly a little bit wary about chiropractic care. But my daughter, who was a baby at the time, she had been suffering from ongoing ear infections. And I thought, what do I have to lose at this point? And as it turns out, nothing. But what I did gain was honestly life-changing for me. A new relationship with my body, a new appreciation for my ability to heal, and a new trust in my body and that it was pointing me in the right direction. In fact, Amy was the first person to very matter-of-factly tell me, I still remember it and I laugh to it now well, you're an empath. <laughs> I remember just looking at her thinking, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> and this is in relation to the pattern she saw in my body. Now for me, seeing Amy is a practice in mind, body, and spirit self-care with a healthy dose of life lessons from a good friend. Welcome, Amy. I am so happy to have you here.
1: Thanks, Monique. And I'm so
0: happy that our paths have crossed. Oh, me too. And you were, you moved. I remember you had just moved at the time, too.
1: Yeah, well, I think that our, our paths kind of were on a similar trajectory because we had just moved from Ontario, where I had uh, gone to school and then practiced for about 12 years before we relocated to Nova Scotia, which is home for me. And so um, while Nova Scotia wasn't new, starting a new practice um, as a chiropractor, after having been established and selling that business to move across to be by family and the ocean and all the wonderful things that Nova Scotia has to offer, that certainly was an adventure in and of itself.
0: Uh, I could just imagine. I mean, having... (laughs) Having someone know what I was going through coming into a new area and having some of the family roots there, but just having to start from scratch. And you were starting a mortar and brick (laughs) practice as well, too. I was kind of on mat leave-ish, as you know, there is no mat leave, quote unquote, here (laughs) when you're an entrepreneur as a mom with new babies, Uh, But it's, it's amazing to look back and see all the parallels that were going on at the time. Absolutely. So tell me, tell me about the adventure then take me back to Ontario. Take me back to when you first started your practice. When did you go off on your own?
1: Oh, well, so when I graduated from chiropractic college, I was very, very pregnant and although I always knew I wanted to have my own business and practice because I really wanted to be able to find out and feel who was I, um, but at the same time I graduated, and in in a very short period of time, I, I mean I was newly a wife. I had been a student for you know eight years to a post grad, and I was now a business owner and an entrepreneur and a mom to a newborn, and so it was like all these new roles all at once, and and. I will often describe myself as a recovering perfectionist because I just thought I can do all of that. And at 150%. So I was wrong. However, um, I started practice with another chiropractor who was well established in the Toronto area. And I started with him because uh, for one, I I did know enough that I couldn't handle all that responsibility and being a mom and, 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 Um, and he also had a practice that was very heavily focused on seeing families, which was a big passion of mine and an area that I did a lot of extra training and courses in, and it met my own life stage. So You know, just as I started getting going and, you know, we started talking about, you know, well, maybe we will have another baby and started talking about timelines. Well, lo and behold, I was pregnant again. And so our daughter was born. And so, you know, my first three years of practice, I was severely sleep deprived because I was working and it was fairly flexible and part-time when I set up my starting hours, literally around Ethan's breastfeeding schedule. So I'd go to work for three hours and come home and Dean was able to take paternity. So we just arranged our life to make it work as best as we could Um, and we didn't have family around. So that was just an extra little challenge. But uh, after Audra was born and I will literally say, and, and because I'm a big journaler, I can actually verify this is true she is a pretty black and white kiddo has always been that way and so she stopped breastfeeding with like no lead-in so she would have been about 14 months at the time and within a week i was like oh my gosh i need to open my own practice and so as soon as i had that extra little bit of breath of freedom on the horizon i just i knew i was ready because at the time although it was an amazing environment and amazing people and it was a good start for me i just i felt like a butterfly with my wings tied and so you know we had no money we had less than no money we had a, a ton of debt and um i just looked at my husband i'm like you know i need to do this and and hats off to him he just he's all in he's like yeah do it i'm like this is scary really really scary so my my first practice on my own we opened in ontario and it was on a shoestring budget And we poured heart and soul and everything we had into it. Um, And it was hard, but it was wonderful because it was totally aligned and congruent with who I was and what I knew internally for myself. So it was a huge lesson for me in um, taking the scary steps. So, you know, I had that practice uh, there uh, almost eight years before I sold it to move home. And that in and of itself was a huge feat and an even bigger leap of faith to, you know, have something we had created. And I cared deeply about the people and relationships that I had. And I didn't want to just leave them, um, to just anybody, so I had to find the right person to come in and take over and trusting that things were going to happen in a timeline that would make sense and that we would find somewhere in Nova Scotia where we would want to live and put down our roots and open a practice and start all over and all these things. And I've since decided that my lifelong lesson is learning to let go and trust, and it always works out for me. And I have to keep reminding myself of that even now and consistently. Because although, you know, a lot of the time you take that next step and you don't know where your foot's going to fall, but sometimes you just need to take it anyways. And it's never led us wrong. It's never led me wrong unless I wasn't listening to that deeper, wiser voice inside of me. So um, that was kind of the process of of getting to Nova Scotia. and We've had lots of adventure since we've been here. Um, We opened my practice in the Hammonds Plains, which is the Life House. And uh, that totally symbolizes to me what we're about. It's about letting people fully live their lives to the fullest and being the truest, most expressed version of who they am so they can thrive in their lives.
0: What was the pull drawing you to Nova Scotia? Mm. It sounded like you had to leave a lot behind and really trust. Was there something greater that you feel was drawing you towards there? other than, you know, people like, oh, I'm just going to move to be, you know, close to family, to whatever, make more money. (laughs) That's not usually why you go to Nova Scotia. (laughs) Was there logical reasons? Was there bigger, maybe spiritual reasons? My heart was here from day one.
1: And, you know, I I made a success of my practice. We had a very comfortable, nice life in Ontario, but there was a part of me that knew the plan was always going to end up back here, but we didn't know when we didn't know when we could, we didn't know when was best for our kids, you know? Um, but I always wondered, you know, if I've done pretty good here and I know that my heart is in Nova Scotia, I wonder what I can accomplish if I move home where I actually feel more complete. Um, and so I would say, uh, having family here and for me that also was a whole bunch of young nieces and nephew, um, there's only one of them who's old enough to remember a time before we lived here. Um, so as soon as my first niece was conceived, I was like, all right, we're, we're going to have to move home sooner rather than later. Cause the draw was then too strong.
0: Mm. What does that incomplete feeling feel like for those that might not realize that that is what is missing in their lives? but there is something, you know, you have this knowing that you are not doing what you were supposed to do. What did that feel?
1: Well, it was like a constant push. Um, I was always striving for something, but I couldn't put my finger on quite what it was. And it wasn't, I mean, in a business, in any setting, you could tie it to numbers like revenue or how busy you are, or, you know, there's different, you know, parameters, but it was like, it was a moving target that I couldn't quite put my, my, finger on. And I just, I knew that there was a ceiling on me that was self-imposed. And no matter what I did, and I did a lot of work, I had amazing mentorship, I had um, coaches that I worked with. And there was just this ceiling that I knew was in there. And I knew it was coming from me. But I didn't know how to go through it and and really what I think that ceiling is is my own fear of stepping into the bigger you know version of maybe who I am and that was hugely a piece in terms of um, moving home uh, to be where I you know to leave a practice um, with the amount of debt you come out of a lot of graduate programs with um, like we were just starting to be able to breathe (laughs) So a lot of my friends and colleagues and family were very excited for us. But like, holy cow, what a lot of risk we were taking. So I think we scared a lot of people much as they were all rooting for us. Um, But I knew that I knew that I knew that that ceiling would never be broken unless I was home where I was meant to be.
0: Mm, what, What a leap of faith. And with young children, too, to just uproot everything.
1: Yeah. Well, I will. I will back up and say, um, I don't think anything was as hard as starting practice with newborns and being a completely untested entity. I had no. I had tons of confidence in terms of chiropractic, but very little in terms of me as a chiropractor. So I look back and I'm like, you know what? It can't be as hard as that was, and we got through that somehow. And and I was right. It was not nearly as hard as uh, as it was starting out with young, young kids and, and being completely green in business and in practice. But what I have found uh, over time is that the things that you expect to be hard are often easy or easier than you expect. And the things that you don't even know exist can be unbelievably challenging. So, you know, I think it's sometimes you can't prepare for everything. We can't control all of those factors and and life shows up in sometimes very weird ways. Um, and coming back full circle, I'm like to me, I feel like it's like my continual lesson of learn to let go and
0: trust. And what a time to start a business too, with a newborn. Most people wouldn't think like, oh, yeah, let's just dive right in now. You don't have a choice. I mean,
1: I couldn't just like wait, you know. I, I had graduated, I couldn't just put everything on hold. So we knew that was going to be the case. And um, although it had it chal- had its challenges, you know, now we have, you know, kids who are late teens and some of our friends have kids 10 years younger. And I'm like, I like my life stage right now, you know, despite the fact that parenting kids through the past year has been exceptionally trying, it's um, it's still a life stage that has a lot to offer
0: how have you found your balance being a mother and being an entrepreneur and i mean balance as i mean we've we've discussed balance is a very i don't know big term it's not always balanced every single day but being a full-time mom and being a full-time entrepreneur is a lot it's a lot <laughs> totally
1: So when my kids were young, I, and even in all of my journaling and writing, balance was my highest value. And I wish that I had understood at that time that balance doesn't exist. (laughs) And that actually at the time, especially at certain times of life, and certainly having young kids and newborns, you're not meant to be in balance, that there is a a huge piece that it's going to throw you off kilter. But it's more of a dynamic process, maybe through life stages versus every moment. Like, am I balanced in every single moment? No, but I'll do the best that I can with what I've got. And the other piece is, you know, like you said, if you're a full-time mom and a full-time entrepreneur, you really can't um, do half of either. Like, it's 100% and 100%. So what I did learn, um, and I was really poor at it early on, and I've become exceptionally ninja at it now is self-care. Because if I'm going to give 100% in my business and 100% to my family, I have to actually start with 100% to myself. And that was the piece that I didn't get when I was younger. And um, I learned, I'd say trial by fire, how much I can get run down or burnt out mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, if I don't take the time and prioritize myself in that mix. Um, and speaking as a mom and as a healthcare provider, um, I was having this conversation with somebody this morning is the role model side of that. If you really want to be in integrity as often as possible, again, it's not a one and done. It is a constant dynamic best you can kind of deal, Um, it is about learning that you have to be able to model that. And I don't believe anyone can show up fully in their life if they don't put some time and effort into themselves and what they actually need. Because how do you even know what that is if you don't have some quiet moments to check in, even be like, hey, we still good here? (laughs) You know, I talk to myself all the time, by the way, but um, to, to know who you are, I would say that was my biggest journey of probably my first 10 years of being both an entrepreneur and a mom was figuring out who that was. And then it changes. And you got to keep on uncovering and and kind of rolling with the flow to figure out who that is so that you are still being yourself when you show up in all of your roles.
0: And you look at it from if you look from the children's perspective, you know, you're trying to be this martyr and sacrifice everything and if that's what they see when they're growing up well what do they think that parenting is going to look like for them totally. exactly what they viewed and they think that the burnout is normal and giving everything is normal and you spending time for yourself well my parents never did that they just you know they powered through somehow <laughs> yeah
1: I have a lot of women in my practice who will come in um I'm going to say in their 30s and 40s and realize that they have completely discounted themselves and their own inherent worth and value because they've given for everybody else and for every other cause and reason. And then they watch their kids as they're growing up and they're like, I don't want them to do this, which means you need to stop doing it yourself. So, you know, we've always, I guess, joked with our kids, but in all seriousness, seriousness, said you know mom and dad are going to sometimes go away without you and we hope that you're happy that your mom and dad enjoy each other's company and want to spend time together you know or that they, they'll see things you know that that we do for ourselves and they realize okay it is okay to have a day that you need to rest or it's okay to have a self care day or to celebrate or to you know today i'm i'm sad about something and i need to do some things in and for myself to cope through that. Or, you know, I I think that I did realize young enough with our kids that um, being real with them, I mean, within what they can handle in their young little psyches um, is freeing because I don't know any human being who has all the answers, certainly not as a mom, certainly not as a healthcare provider, and certainly not as a wife. I mean, I don't know anyone who has all the answers, so, like, if you pretend you know it all, well, you're already setting yourself up for failure um so yeah i'm I'm a huge supporter of just being real and and trying to let that be what guides you.
0: I love that, and you're also showing them that. Just because you're a grown up doesn't mean that you have this <laughs> all knowing <laughs> sense of what's going on in the world. In fact, sometimes I feel like it goes the other way around, <laughs> that they know a lot more. And then you get to this age, you know, in your early 20s when you're off on your own and you think, well, I thought I would have it together. You know, I thought I would move out and go to school and I would just know everything. And now I feel worse. Now I feel completely and utterly lost.
1: Well, yeah. So I think that, you know, that's where it comes in as a benefit. If we teach our kids that, you know, it is a lifelong journey to uncover all of the wonderful layers of who you are. So, you know, life put some of those layers on us. And I believe our role is to keep peeling down till you get to that beautiful light that's shining from within. I I think it was you, uh, maybe it wasn't you, but um, we were talking about how rather than like the onion peel analogy, I love the one of you're a light bulb and you're born beautiful and brilliant and shining and life and experience and beliefs and challenges paint on some layers. And over time, you can start to peel those layers back. And that's when you start to see glimmers of that true light shining back through. So I think that, you know, one of the things that I love the most is that when I meet people, I can see and sense that light in most people. Um, and I think that part of the reason I've been able to do that is because of the amount of work that I've done on myself over the years to realize that, oh, that light is also in me and I can shine that and whoever it touches, it's good. I don't know what it always does or, but, you know, standing strong in who you are. And sometimes it's enough to just let your own light shine. That's where I'm going to leave that.
0: Isn't it funny how we can more readily see that light in others. And it is so hard to see it in ourselves. We need those people in our lives that reflect it back at us. Like you said, you realize, oh, I have that in me too.
1: (laughs) Well, and then there's also the understanding that you can only recognize things in other human beings if you have them. And that goes for the good and the bad. If you know, you you see somebody being a real jerker and patient, we can get all judgy, but it might be like, you're seeing that because you also have those traits. <laughs> so if you see the beauty and joy or playfulness or light or love in another human being, rather than be envious, like, oh, I wish I had that, recognize that you do. That's why you can see it. Um, and I, my personal belief is that There is way more of that in humanity than what a lot of us, I think, sometimes um, believe. And life is just nicer when you look for what's right and beautiful. And so I would say my experience, especially over the last six months or so, um, has been about seeing more of that in more and more people. And, and, And so it leads me to believe that there is way more good in the world and that just makes some days less heavy.
0: Mm. And and take me back. I I obviously know what's been happening in your life and your journey you've been on, especially in the past 6 months, but take our listeners through the journey since maybe what your business looked like when you first moved here and everything else that's been going on and how you have kept the trust and the faith and the surrender You've, you've done it so gracefully. I know you probably don't always feel <laughs> like that was the case, but from the outside view, it is amazing how you've moved through everything with trust and grace and just this fluidity.
1: It, it is required, I believe, in certain times and challenges to be okay to constantly course correct so I know um, when i face faced challenges in my life before and I'm striving for feeling grounded and I'm striving to have a moment of peace, I might find it and be immediately thrown off by circumstance or stress or different things. And it's like, it's okay. It's not, again, the one and done. It's it's a moving target of, okay, course correct. If I'm aiming for more peace or more ease or more trust, I'm not always in that state. But the harder I work at it and the more I reach for those Higher, better feelings—the easier they are to access. So, um, going back with a little bit of story time. I mean, 2020 was a really crazy year for, I'd say, everybody globally. Um, and so, I'm not even going to really touch on any of that. As a chiropractor, it depends where you were and what how you were affected. For me, I was mostly closed for those first three months, and then reopened, and um, didn't really know what to expect. But with enough of a community who totally, it, it was a very humbling thing, not unlike when I left my practice in Ontario and the outpouring of love that I had from people was humbling beyond what I could even put to words. But when I reopened my practice, the people who were literally, it was like a tidal wave of people who wanted to come back, and some were, you know, nervous and they would wait. And we just took things from the standpoint of, you know what, we're going to be here when people are ready and make. A safe, loving uh, environment for them to come into. Make it feel as normal and welcoming as we possibly can, given the fact that we have rules that we're not used to having to follow. So, um, yeah, everything was going good, but you know, we were pretty busy with a lot of different pieces of life. And I have other rules that I also play within my profession um, that take up a fair amount of my bandwidth at times. And so, I knew I had a lot on the go in uh, the fall. So my husband and I had booked three nights to go away so that basically I could reset. And uh, we were in Cape Breton having a spectacular weekend, actually. But as we were leaving on um, Cape Breton, we were on the phone with our daughter who was home and and our house was on fire. And our house was also my business. um, So it's all in the same building. And uh, so we basically listened to our place of work and our home go up in flames and we could hear everything coming in terms of the fire trucks. And we didn't know what we were going to come home to because it was a three hour drive. Uh, we did know what the building was standing before we got there though. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got there and thankfully nobody was hurt. I mean, that will always be 100% the biggest thing that I will ever care about Um, but it wasn't without its own challenges. Uh, so our whole house and business had to be completely, uh, well, the frame is standing, but gutted right down to the studs. We lost almost everything that we owned in terms of smoke and water damage. Um, and you know, we were displaced home and business wise. And it was at a time like, oh geez, like who would have thought there'd be something else (laughs) to deal with? So ironically, and actually I am, this is something I am grateful for. I was so consumed with like putting one foot in front of the other and taking care of myself and our kids and my husband and our dog that I was just like, I didn't even know what was happening in the world for most of October, November, because I was so consumed with what was happening in my own immediate world. And it was a really welcome reprieve, to be honest. Um, However... I will say that the amount of synchronicity that was showing up in our life and the amount of beautiful signs of just people coming together to love and support was beyond anything I had ever even imagined. And it's really hard to be in a position of somebody who's used to being a care provider and a giver to need to be on the end to receive so much help and support. So. one of those things, I mean, there's so many things and so many little and big things, I, I probably couldn't even go into them all. But I had uh, at least six offers within a day or two of f- friends or colleagues who were like, Amy, we got space. You need to be here. We got what you need. Um, the outpouring of anything from well, meals, people literally put food in front of me so that I would remember to eat. Uh, cooked for us you know we were in a hotel for a couple weeks before insurance found us a place to stay and and as a complete aside please have good health house insurance please because that has saved our life uh quite literally in ways that um I can't fathom this process without those in place and it's and it's taken a lot out of me and we've we've half joked again but in all seriousness we've we've had a lot of challenges that we have dealt with as a a couple and as a family uh, between, you know, losing loved ones or starting over or, I mean, we've had so many things we've dealt with over the years that it's like flexing a muscle and we have learned how to handle challenge and handle it together and how to grow together through it, um, which is a huge, huge feat. So, um, so uh, we are currently in a, you know, pretty cozy little townhouse and we're all together under run, one roof we've added a kitten to our our life (laughs) that just seemed like a wonderful thing to do at Christmas um and one of my colleagues who's right up the road I sent her a message uh you know would you entertain the possibility of me coming in until my space is rebuilt and we had no idea how long that was going to take they had told us six to eight months and it's probably going to be more like eight to twelve and you know so um I don't know how many months it is now, four months, six months. I don't even know. Maybe five months ago was the fire. <laughs> me and time, they have a really fluid relationship right now. But uh, yeah, so I had a colleague who immediately was like, whatever you need. So storage of our stuff, enough space to house me and my team so my staff didn't lose their jobs, my massage therapists and, and the lady who does body talk in my practice, like there was a, a roof waiting for us. I mean, I cannot imagine anything more perfect. It was 800 meters away from my practice um, with a very aligned group of people. I mean that the friendships that are going to come out of this and, and the alliances or collaboration, even professionally, I, will far outlast the amount of time that we're living there under their roof. So, I mean, it's, it's not ideal, it's not my place. It's not the life house, but it still has the connection and the value and the vibe and the purpose. It hasn't changed. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thank you for saying I've gone through this with grace. I have aimed for that as often as possible. I have been more withdrawn. I am very aware of because I can I can give to a certain amount but I can't give to my normal capacity because there's so much that I still need to give back to myself um you know coming back to the idea of bandwidth I'm like there are so many tabs open in this brain of mine between practice life teenagers I mean managing high school right now through um all the different changes uh, that's been a challenge. Probably the biggest has probably been handling our, our kids through some of this and, and watching them struggle through pieces of it and then come out stronger. You know, knowing that life show, sometimes gives us these curveballs in order to grow and learn. Again, I'm like, oh boy, my kids have learned some really tough life lessons pretty early. Um, and I just have to trust that it will serve them well in the long run. But it doesn't mean it's easy at the time.
0: But you're so aware of it, though. Not You're not just rushing back and trying to fill that capacity that you know which tabs are open and you know which ones are of your highest priority and you know not to max yourself out. And if that means being withdrawn and taking care of those top priority tabs, then that's what you're going to do because how easy is it to just go back at full speed and do everything that you feel might be expected of you or just to drown in the busyness and not deal with the emotions? 100%. And I have
1: found that, um, learning to ask for help is even harder than just accepting help
0: and how- yeah. yeah preaching to the choir <laughs> I know exactly how that feels yes yes oh
1: yeah um but sometimes you know you're put in a situation you have no choice but to ask for help um or you try to take it on and then you're crashing so you know my, my staff my uh Angie and Kirsten have been absolute godsends for me thank goodness um and like friends and family my gym community washed all of the stuff for my practice like I mean, people took laundry for us. I mean, the ways that we were helped, I I do have it actually, I I journaled it. I kept a track of stuff Um, that I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this was hard. It's still hard. Maybe the hardest is yet to come because, I mean, our beautiful, beautiful building is just sitting there as a frame and nothing is happening yet. And I'm so impatient.
0: (laughs) It's a test and
1: patience. I'm not a patient person. I'm trying to to me that's a whole part of that trust and letting go part is I'm like I want it to be on my timeline though and it's just like it's not so the I mean the challenge of I think of it like a pervasive theme right now of uncertainty lack of control and learning to let go and trust anyways is in every area of my life right now like that's with my kids that's with like what's happening in the world around us. That's, you know, with our building being rebuilt. I mean, it it really is, you know, life can be uncertain, but I do have to trust that, you know, most people have our absolute best interest at heart and they're working and conspiring to do the right thing and, and bring us back into our home and letting our businesses flourish. And, and, you know, all of those things that we all want. So I have learned, I'm no good when I let myself sink into fear and negativity. And what I have to do as often as possible, and sometimes I'm better than others, is reach for, okay, what makes me feel hopeful? What would I like to see? You know, I play games like, wouldn't it be amazing if? Or and I'm like, you know what? If I could get on a plane tomorrow and go visit my mother-in-law and that would make my heart burst with joy. Well, I don't expect it. it's probably going to be happening tomorrow, but even the thought of that makes... Me more uplifted, so I am better when I put my time and energy into those things. And so my self care game after our fire went from good to like A A A plus, <laughs> and that's the only thing that has let me be able to handle it well most of the days.
0: And tell me, what does that look like for you? What does that self care look like for you? Because I think a lot of the times we have this, I don't know, glamorized. Version of what self care should look like, and a lot of times, self care can be hard. <laughs> Much needed, self care takes a lot uh-huh. of freaking work.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, many, I keep wanting to swear, and I've never really been a swearer.
0: It's all coming out. All of the motions <laughs> are coming out.
1: <laughs> yeah, something you know, after you turn 40, I don't know, I swear way more anyway.
0: <laughs> but it's not all bubble bath. It's not all like candlelit bubble baths, right? It's like. <laughs> That's
1: no 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 I mean honestly and this is something I did learn very very early on and before I even graduated as a chiropractor I worked with a mentor who basically said you know if you really want to help people you have to do the healing work on yourself and healing work on ourselves is not just physical I mean that's the easiest healing work um it's the emotional stuff it's subconscious stuff it's the you know spiritual stuff It's all those self-talk and ugly pieces that we would like to hide, but they need to be brought to the light and actually shone on, I believe, and forgiven and addressed. I mean, all those things. So I have absolutely had times that I have felt like a total failure. Um, And times in recent times, I've felt like a failure as a parent or just as a human being. And I'm like, you know what? That is what I feel in this moment. But what's the evidence to the contrary? Mm. And when I start reflecting on that, I'm like, there is so much evidence to the contrary, you know, when you're in your deepest, darkest, ugliest places. Um, and I can only share this openly because I know everybody has those places. Cause after 17 years of being in practice and having a lot of relationships, I'm like, everybody has their stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody has it all sorted out. Nobody and, you know, I think over time and doing work, you have less of that stuff, but it's never gone. So, uh, going back to the self care piece, I am, um, I think of it, I guess, like a bit of a pyramid. And at the base of my pyramid is sleep. So, um, a joke amongst, you know, even my nieces and nephews who are all still elementary age, they're like, nobody goes to bed at the cottage early except Auntie Amy. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm, I'm in bed at 10. So I pretty much go with the sun a lot of the time. So it might be closer to nine in the winter. Um, so sleep I prioritize as much as, as possible. Um, I will nap if I'm not sleeping well because sometimes with stress sleep just evades me. I'll fall asleep, but I'll wake or it's restless or whatever. Um, Exercise is a huge part for me. But the basis of that for me is actually every day getting out hiking with my dog. So I need to be in nature. It is my biggest reset. So either, you know, if I want to go for a drive, I'll go to the ocean or the water. Um, But really hiking in the woods with my dog would be a huge piece for me. I talk to myself, I think I'm in silence, I cry, I you like, I, I do anything and everything.
0: I'm that weird lady walking. In the <laughs> talking to herself, <laughs> talking and crying to herself. It's normal guys. It's all part of self-care.
1: Yeah, so I'm not very much public speaking right now, simply because there's not a lot of avenues for it, but I would prep all my talks when I'd be walking or driving. And I, I would look like that really weird and wacky person. But, um, so those would be like my foundation. Um, and then, uh, good food is a big piece. I think that most people, myself included, are very much inclined towards emotional eating. And so in the very least, I make sure that if I'm going to eat and nourish my body, that I'm going to put good food in as often as possible. So when I do start to deviate a little bit too much, um, that's when I'll usually do some sort of a cleanse or a reset, which I did more recently, and it really was a really good I think of things like that, not as just about food or things like that. It's about, you know what, I need a reset and I am worth giving my body a chance to replenish itself better. So for me, anytime I've done anything like a cleanse, um, it, it's a very healing, but, but deep healing work. Um, but then the other pieces that I, I go to the gym, I go three to four times a week. It's something that makes me feel strong and capable. If I go in on a day and I'm tired, I don't push it. I, I give myself permission to take it easy. Um, I get massages. I see my own chiropractor at least once a week, um, sometimes twice at really high times of stress, sometimes three times. I, I actually have about three chiropractors that I see. <laughs> Um, I get massages. I use body talk, which helps with a lot of the emotional stresses and subconscious stuff. So that's been instrumental for me over the years. Um, I also, so one of the things that I added in actually after the fire is, you know, like I need something that actually made me feel beautiful and pampered. So I got a membership at Spa Chappelle, which um, every four weeks I can go in for services. I get a sauna there every week. I actually have one later today. And when I'm in the sauna, which is just the heat and the warmth and the quiet, I do meditations or listen to beautiful audio. So podcasts and audio books are um, pieces of my self care, I will usually have books, uh, usually that are inspiring, I'm not a big TV person. Um, but sometimes I want it to just totally distract and wind down. Um, and I'd say my last piece Although it's been a really central one is is I journal. I journal a lot. Um, my morning routine often involves a journal. Um, I meditate. I learned to do that after an injury about almost two years ago. So I mean, I, I have uh, I have an amazing community around me of like minded colleagues and friends, and so I lean on them. I advocate for them. I give them tips and tools, and I ask them for help. So uh, and I guess I shouldn't have left this for the last, uh, my husband, my husband is my biggest, um, shoulder to cry on and my rock. And, um, he's the only one who really sees all of the sides of Amy to their fullest degree. And it is an incredibly, um, wonderful feeling to know that you can show the true essence of yourself in the good, bad and ugly, and still know that you're completely loved. So I would say that learning to trust and let that, I mean, we've been together over 20 years, so that wasn't always the basis, but you know, that's something that through these times, you know, I used to think that he got to see the roller coaster of Amy and what I realized instead is that I'm not a roller coaster. I do have, um, I feel all the lows as deep as you can, but I rebound very quickly. So I've realized that it's it's all of this time in life and experience has taught me how to be resilient and to feel life and not pretend it's anything other than what it is, or to pretend I'm not feeling whatever it is because some feelings are yucky, um, but that you don't have to stay there. And so my ability to bounce back is so much faster than it would have been many, many years ago. So, yeah. So I know that's a really long-winded explanation of some of my self-care.
0: <laughs> oh, it, it, it's awesome just for just for people to see what what self-care looks like for this person and this person and that it's all what really resonates for you and works for you and it doesn't have to be you know, this prescribed list of, oh, you need to do these things or else you suck at self-care. right?
1: I think it is honestly anything that makes you feel more at peace or happy. Like the joy I get out of sitting and having a meal with my husband and two kids, it could be a uh, brunch. It could be Lunch, dinner, it could be a snack. Sometimes I'm just happy that they're all in the same room together at this point in their life. And so I try, although, you know, I'm not always present to it, but I try to recognize when those moments are happening and just being totally present in the moment as often as I can, which when our kids were young and the many hats I wore felt much heavier and harder that was, I think, my only saving grace is, you know what? When I'm at work, I'm going to show up and be present to the human being in front of me, and if I can't do that, I can't go to work that day. And that was harder to do with my kids because there's days that you can go through the motions being a parent when you're like, I got nothing left in my tank, you know. And that's what I learned the hard way that I'm like, that's because I wasn't giving myself any of that self care. So it's a rare day now that i can't give to other people because i take care of myself more consistently but those days still happen and i realize i'm like yeah i'm i'm off today like literally nobody asks me for anything don't need me for anything i'm like internally nurturing and i kind of picture it like being a little seed that all the energy is just kind of brewing inside so that i can bloom again Um, But without taking those moments when sometimes they blindside you (laughs) and it's like, clear everything. I can't show up as a human today. But after, you know, a day, an hour of that, whatever it takes, sometimes it's a weekend away, you can show up and be more yourself again.
0: And instead of criticizing any for any lack because you're not functioning the way you did yesterday and there is no immediate reason for why i love how you just right away go into that nurturing mode of okay well i can't explain it's not like one specific thing set me off but i just know that that's what i need to do so i'm going to do it because at the end of it i'm going to be a better human being i'm going to be able to contribute more of what i want into the world i i love that
1: well, I think that, you know, a lot of the time we are so used to seeing all the, you know, outcomes, almost like the leaves of a tree being all the the work that is then visible to the world. But most of the time we need to nurture the roots. And so, you know, we get judged for that or we judge ourselves for it. But the truth is, without those roots, those leaves are not going to get the nutrients or you won't have a strong support for everything that you want to put out into the world. So... Um, I, I think that we need to flip it on its head. I, I believe that the results will come, but we will be more authentically ourselves if we figure out, first off, who are we? <laughs> and how do we want to show up in the world? And, and our businesses, how do our businesses support that? I mean, there's nothing better to me than finding another business or entrepreneur who is 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 aligned with who they are and what they bring to the world. And that's when I'm like, you're somebody I want to work with. And that could be somebody who cleans houses. That could be somebody who does design work. I mean, it doesn't matter what the background is. It's like those people who are coming from a place of being aligned within themselves and then bringing that to the table. That is incredibly attractive and something that I want to have in my life.
0: I think it's so good for other entrepreneurs to hear that because we can be so focused on all the analytics and the marketing techniques and all these things that we have to do that we should do all this all this fear that if you don't do these things you are not a good enough entrepreneur or business owner no one's going to see you when you get it reflected back to you like you just did that's not that's not the importance it's that connection. It's you putting your authentic self out there, not hiding behind all these processes that connects you to these people that you are going to work with. And how many times do we doubt that we shouldn't put ourselves out there or that it's scary or we don't want to show the world that side of us that we need to be picture perfect, that we show the leaves. I love that metaphor because I think, oh, isn't our society structured around just showing the leaves of the pretty tree, right? But nothing of all the stuff that's going on underneath. And I think we're shifting to that, but. I hope so.
1: So, and it's not to negate the fact that those action steps, like you said, like talking about businesses, they need to happen. You need to have systems and procedures and, and ways of reaching people or marketing. But if you only do that, you're missing the biggest piece, which is who you are first. So, um, the same mentor that I worked with before I was a student also was my foundational prin- principles that who you are as a person precedes who you are as a chiropractor. And so that's what led me to focus on that first, which, you know, other people might grow businesses faster, but I can tell you they didn't grow a business that was more aligned with who they are, because some of them didn't know who they were. And as soon as you do that work, and you figure that out, then the actions that you take will be more congruent to what you actually want to give to the world, which makes everything just easier. I mean, it's still work. Gosh, being an entrepreneur and having a business, it's got pieces that I love and pieces that I don't. (laughs) But you know, at least when you can really intentionally create who you want to be and how you want to bring that to the world and, and what that service is to the world. And you tie those all together and you don't negate any of those steps. It's the whole
0: piece, um, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. And like you said, you still, at the end of the day, you still have to take action. You can't, you can't just sit here and think it all into being either. You, you need to take those scary steps and you need to, You need to push. You need to do the things that are in the unknown.
1: So some of like the things that um, I would wrap up my thoughts on this that I have learned from hugely. One is as a recovering perfectionist, I have to be okay with putting things out into the world that are finished, but not perfect. And I also have figured out, and this is, I guess, related to my sense of impatience, I am best when I am slow and steady. So if I'm overwhelmed or tired, sometimes the um, sense might be that I'm going to just stop, but I am better when I just ease off the pace and I just take some consistent action and baby steps because those small steps over time really create a lot of momentum.
0: Well, it's you who always reminds me of that too, when I come in and have days where I feel like I just, you know, raced thousands of steps backwards and you have always been there to remind me of it being cyclical, that you're cycling, you might come back to revisit some healing, but it's all going forward. It's every little step. One bad day doesn't set you back, you know, 10 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can feel like that in your in your business, you can feel like that in your health. Uh, but if you've been taking consistent action over time, it isn't a straight road up. No. Like I've never met anyone who has that in their health, their life, their finances, their business. I mean, but that, that whole picture, I'm sure you've seen online before of like, it's all this wavy, convoluted <laughs> yes. thing. It's like entrepreneurs. I think it can be less convoluted if people do their own self-work. That's the whole point that I hope people take out of this. But I mean, so I wouldn't say mine has been convoluted, but has <laughs> certainly had a lot of ups and downs. And most of the downs are not self-imposed. It's things that happen in life that you don't expect. And you still have to be able to roll with those punches, you know, because life is going to happen. And it's, can you meet the life load and carry it well? versus is it going to you know stop you in, in your tracks or set you back massively? Um, and even if it did, can you move forward afterwards? So yeah, momentum is key. I don't think it all has to be fast. It just has to be in the right direction and
0: aligned with who you are. Any other things that have kept you moving in that direction? You're saying the baby steps, the alignment too, which I love, especially the fact that you're a chiropractor and you've taught me so much about- <laughs> physical alignment in my body and also what it feels like to be aligned in my life, that my body feels off and, Oh, I can feel when my life feels off as well too.
1: Yeah. Well, I would say a conversation about when you're truly out of alignment in your life and how it shows up in your body is a conversation that would take way (laughs) over time. I definitely see that um, a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, baby steps for me, I'll, I'll share one thing that I do. Um, for example, every week I reflect on the wins of the pri- previous week. I do this in my journal. Um, and it could be anything in any area of my life, from business to health to exercise to kids to finances to whatever. Um, and then I also write out any challenges. And then I write out my intentions for the coming week. Um And sometimes it's like a fun, dreamy, like I said, like, wouldn't it be amazing if, and I get kind of like grandiose and silly, uh, but it's fun to do that sometimes. I think of it like flexing my dreaming muscle. Um, But then I also will write down what are my top actions. And I usually will keep it to three um, for that week. But most of that is based on, I set my um, action steps or the outputs or things I want to work with in 90 day chunks. In terms of, okay, in 90 days, I want to focus on X, Y, and Z. And then I can look at it to realize whether or not I'm being realistic. Because a lot of the time in business, you end up, um, I think, overestimating what you can do in a short period of time. And this is probably, I think, a Tony Robbins quote, but underestimating what you can do in like a decade. So when I look back, and I'm sure you'd be the same, over the last six years, like the amount of change and, and Growth and things that you've experienced has been massive, but during those six years, I'm sure that have been days, weeks, and months. Where you're like, "Geez, <laughs> it's
0: dragging on."
1: Up- um, or, or you judge yourself for not doing enough. Um, so, I, I think that um, having a bit of, of a system to look at the planning side is definitely something that I have done for many, many years. Um, and then I also, I, I do a review of every year. It's something that I have a lot of, um, it's very enjoyable for me. And I found structures and ways of doing that, that resonate with me. And it helps me complete one piece and then move on. So those are just things that have um, helped me plan where my focus is going to go, how I'm going to use my time. And because I asked also, as you say, have a brick and mortar business and, even if it wasn't brick and mortar, to have parameters that you look at for your business, I mean, you're a business. so um it it also gives you some measuring sticks
0: yeah, and i I really like how that you were talking so much about journaling and looking back and actually finding the evidence, how your journal becomes this emotional measuring stick of, oh wow, yeah, I was actually thinking differently because you can be so open and real when you are not when you're journaling to yourself you're not out in the world and trying to be anything you're not and you can look back and think wow 6 years ago i was thinking a lot differently i have come a long way
1: yep yep, yep. and sometimes if people have trouble with that i would say they should ask their friends and loved ones because I'd say most people are completely undervaluing how much growth they have actually undertaken. If they put any thought or effort into their own personal growth, I mean, just like your body's inherent drive is to create health, I believe that when you're doing self-work, the inherent drive is to create greater um, expression of who you are as a human being. And then other people are going to see and sense that. they're the ones you need to have it reflected back to you
0: yes especially when you feel stuck or you feel like you might want to grow or pivot in not only your personal life but in your business life too and you ask other people you know what what am I good at what do you value me for the most and some of the responses you get back it's it's really eye-opening and heart-opening it's Things it just goes to show you, I think, even with the work, there's so much work and putting value in ourselves and recognizing these traits. And it's such an amazing resource to have people reflect it back to you and realize, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm really great at that. ok, I need to I need to showcase that more. I need to put that out into the world more,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, everybody has their, their unique spins or their unique gifts. And sometimes those are the pe the pieces that you want to withhold. And they're probably the pieces you need to share the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's a common thing. People are afraid to show certain sides of themselves. Um, but sometimes it's those pieces that you hesitate on, you know, like, because I, I don't write as much now, but sometimes there are things that I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want to, put that out there. And it's anytime I have that thought, which is coming from fear yeah. on something that was written in inspiration, if I put that out there, the feedback I get from those pieces and those pieces only are way more than anything else that I write. Mm-hmm. Because people are like, that is resonating with me. That's what I needed to hear. And it's just like, oh, thank you universe for showing me that I was afraid to share that, but that it was needed somehow, even if it's for one person, but I would say I've been around enough people that like there are common themes that go through people, you know, vote not being good enough or not being worthy or feeling like an imposter or, you know, there's so many things um, that are so common to so many people.
0: By opening that one little door in yourself and showing it to someone else, it, it has the potential to open that up in them and... Influence, it's like brings us background circle to the beginning about talking about your definition of changing the world and that it doesn't take one person, it takes all these people. And if you can help turn that light switch up higher on one person and they pass it forward and do it to the next, that, oh my goodness, how incredibly powerful is that? So
1: my vision for that is that, you know, one person standing, shining, beaming their light, it lights up whatever their sphere of influence is, but then there's other people and that light picks up. And I picture it like if you're like screenshot of the earth and you can see these little pinpricks of light starting, and then it's like this way that lights up everything. So that's how I see humanity. And I think that when it comes to businesses and relationships That recognizing that greatness is in each of us and then collaborating to bring it out to the world is what is going to make this world and the world that I envision exist in its truest form um, somewhat now, but also in future and future generations. Like I think that that light is what it's all about.
0: Thank you for tuning in and sharing this very special space with me. If you loved what you just listened to, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would be so grateful if you left a comment, a rating, and shared with anyone that you feel called to. Sending you so much love and light. Until next time, take care lovelies.